What's up, y'all? This is Philip Morrison with the Hoops of Christ podcast, a podcast about everything basketball-related and sports ministry. Today in this episode, we're going to talk about really why I left playing professional basketball, decided to retire early, and go all in on being a skills trainer or a skills development coach. And uh, with the rise in skills training, uh, it's becoming more and more popular. A lot more people are getting into it. It's a growing industry. And I've been blessed and fortunate to uh, develop relationships with people I consider uh, OGs and pioneers in the game and even coaches that focus on player development in the NBA and and so on in college. Uh, I'll preface this by saying what I've come to realize over time is not that I can give someone an answer or direction, but sometimes when you just share your own story, people can relate to it and it gives clarity. And uh, maybe sometimes those struggles or questions that they're going through, you know, will, will be um, will be answered by just hearing someone else's story. And that's uh, really the case for me myself, you know, um, when I've heard other people's story and what they've gone through and particularly when I was trying to get myself uh, transitioned out of college into playing pro basketball, man, it was so valuable when a couple people took the time to tell me their story, what they did, things to think about, pitfalls, those types of things. It really, really helped me in my decision and knowing about which direction I can go because, again, I really feel like everybody's calling on their life and everybody's purpose and destiny is is different so you gotta really just be able to be quiet have self-awareness and uh you know let the lord lead you in the path that uh that you're supposed to go on so let's rewind this back um i actually officially stopped playing in 2015 i came home the summer of 2015 uh back to louisville kentucky I had fully intended on going back overseas to play, whether that be back to the Philippines and the PBA or going back to the former league I was in, which was called the ABL, playing with Singapore or, you know, whoever else. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but my plan was to go back. Now, I had been planning roughly six months prior to my departure I had been putting together what I call a blueprint, something I've shared with other basketball trainers over the years. But I created this blueprint when I came back home to Louisville that I would um, create this basketball training uh, business, this sports ministry, which is Hoops for Christ. And um, it would be the means of me doing what I love to do, being in ministry, helping other players, passing on what I've learned, but I could create it into a full-time job. I could make this a career. And I think the majority of people did not believe I could do that. And honestly, I didn't really have too many people to follow. I mean, there were some skilled trainers out there. Obviously, I'm good friends and I'm mentored by Gannon Baker. And I've talked to a lot of other skilled trainers, even coaches, some at the level but um, I had no one really to follow because my focus was I was trying to do sports ministry 
So I got involved and actually got hired for Upward, which is probably the largest sports ministry uh, in the country, if not the world. Some people are familiar with those Upward basketball leagues in different churches, kind of beginners leagues, but they branched out into AAU a little bit, a little bit more competitive ball as well. So, you know, I was I was really trying to uh, figure out what direction I go. But before I get ahead of myself, I'll back it up. So I was playing in the Philippines in a league called the PBA, which is second longest running league in the world behind the NBA. Um, and, and it was great. It was my dream to get there and I got there. But um, this is a whole other podcast I could put on that. And I've written a couple blogs and articles on this that different people have hit me up about of my reasons for leaving that league. And I, I won't even go into that, but a lot of politics came into play. But, you know, I never try to overlook the fact that God is at work, even through circumstances that are frustrating, even through tragedies, even through adversity. When I look back now and I've got hindsight, I can see God's hand all over the reason why I left. So when things weren't going my way and I was frustrated, you know, I got involved with a ministry out there and a missionary called um, the Salvation Teams. So between my games and practices, I hooked up with this missionary, uh, Stephen Siebert, and we would go into different parts of the country in the Philippines. Could be uh, gyms, could be slums, could be what they call squatter areas, very poor areas in the Philippines. And we'd run free basketball camps, and um, it just it it just worked out great. We had great chemistry. Uh, I feel like my presence there, having a pro player who was kind of all in as an ambassador for that ministry, I think brought a lot of life to it. You know, Steve has told me many times that I brought new energy and and, and revitalized what he was doing. Because obviously, you guys that are in ministry. It's, it's a grind. It, you can get spread pretty thin over the years. And I think that's what was happening to Steve. And Steve knows how I feel about him. I just talked to him actually last week. I caught back up with him. He was a godsend for me because when I was back here in Louisville training and praying about going overseas to the Philippines, I was really praying that God would connect me with the right people. Uh, so that I could do sports ministry, that I wasn't just over there and get lost in the pro basketball life um, with all the temptations that there are with there. And, and a lot of people don't know it's a very there's a dark side to pro basketball um, that a lot of people don't know about. So I, I really wanted to try to keep my focus, not lose my, my purpose and my vision in that ambitious pursuit of being a professional basketball player. And Steve was uh, a person that God connected me with that helped me do that. In between practices and games, especially when my wife would fly back to visit home for a period of time, I was with Steve nonstop. You know, I, I, I ate Christmas. On Christmas Day, I spent it with his family. You know, I ate a meal with them. We were outside. I was shooting ball with his son, Jeremy. I mean, he... Went to church with him. Um, I spoke at a couple churches. He connected me there. So, I mean, Steve was amazing. He he helped me see what my purpose was with the game of basketball. And it wasn't just to be a professional basketball player. That was a means to get to what I call my – what I strive to be right now, which is a basketball minis- uh, missionary. To use basketball as a platform to share the gospel – 
you know, and of course, I want to be the best possible trainer I can be, one of the best in the world. Obviously, I strive to be great at my craft, but ultimately, I know the biggest impact, the eternal impact, is to share Christ through the game. And Steve was huge with that. So, connecting with him, doing that between my games and practices when I was in the Philippines, that was huge. But I started doing this on my way to practice. I would pass up a few coffee shops. Um, I, every now and then I'd, I'd stop there, spend some time. But I remember spending hours in these coffee shops in, in Manila, reading books, watching YouTube videos, emailing, networking, trying to learn. Like, look, basketball came easy. When I'm between the lines, I felt like, you know, my whole life. I had uh, developed this gift to teach the game and see it from a different angle because I wasn't the most athletic player, the biggest player, the fastest player. You know, I had to learn how to play the game by means of uh, work ethic, basketball IQ. I had an obsession with skills training. I almost loved the skills training as much as I did being being at practice or playing. So, you know, I'd always had a love for the skills development aspect of the game. And uh, it became very natural to me to start training younger players. And uh, what I found was, uh, particularly in my first stop when I played for the Saigon Heat in the ABL, uh, my head coach was the former coach at UTEP University or floated overseas. And somehow we ended up in Vietnam together. He asked me to lead the uh, skills training portions of the practices. You know, he said, Phil, you do the ball handling workout with the team. Hey, do your uh, routines that you did back home. You know, he saw some of my my workouts on YouTube back when he was recruiting me before I signed my first pro contract. He said, Phil, take them through that. Take them through your pick and roll workouts. Take them through your cone drills. Take them through your shooting workouts. So in a sense, I, I, I was, uh, you know, I was a starting guard for that first pro team, but I was also on the side, the skills development coach because I, I had to adjust the workouts for different players, but I, I just loved it. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's funny how God will put you in certain situations to begin to show you kind of what, where your strengths are at, where your gifts are at. And I, I just developed a love for teaching the game through that. And uh, it, it didn't change. You know, when I was in the uh, Philippines, I played for the team called the Morelco Bolts. And I was playing with some legends, uh, Danny I, former MVP and champion, Gary David, one of the greatest shooters of all time, uh, Mike Cortez, and uh, Jared Dillinger, who was our captain, and he was on the national team. Well, these guys, we'd stay after practice, as well as uh, Cliff Hodge, Sean Anthony, other Phil Lamb guys, and we play one-on-one, but they jumped in and wanted to start doing my ball handling routine. So I'm, I'm leading these guys through my ball handling workouts. And um, so, again, it just it, it became natural to me. Now, why I, why I stopped playing was I realized that the, I was running into a dead end and there was a lot of politics, a lot of things that were out of my hands. And that was a, a painful and a dark place to be in especially when you you lose your first love like basketball has been for me. But I began to see a door opening with um, skills development that perhaps it can be a future. And 
I ran into a few skills coaches out there. Now, to my knowledge, when I was in college and beginning to pro, the only like skills development guy I had ever seen who was like full time training pros, traveling the world was Gannon Baker. He was the he was the who I call the original, and to this day, I still think he is the the top of the line, the best skills development coach, especially in the private sector. I believe he's the best in the world. And Gann is like a big bro to me now. You know, call him up and talk to him a few times this past month. But outside of Gannon, I really didn't see anyone else doing it till I got overseas and I started seeing these pro coaches. They were coming from Impact Academy, IMG. These guys were hired by teams. They traveled the world and a pro team would hire them, much like a, a shooting coach or player development coach was hired by the NBA. And I thought, man, that that's amazing, you know, what Gannon does, but what these guys do too. I could see myself possibly doing that or at maybe the college level one day, Division One level. So, you know, that sparked my interest. I began to develop a relationship with these skills development coaches at the pro level overseas by working out with them, getting to talk to them. And then I had this uh, desire as well to, to do ministry, you know, um, before I went all in on playing basketball, I haven't told too many people this, but I, um, I was, I went to Bible school for a year. Um, uh, I was really thinking about going into ministry, like to become a pastor or an evangelist. So I, I was really trying to figure out how do I incorporate the two? How do I continue to do ministry? Perhaps maybe I'm not called to be in a church in a traditional setting. Um, but but also stay around the game and be a skills development coach. You know, how do I unite these two in some kind of way? So that was really my struggle. I didn't know new, I didn't know anyone who was doing it at the time, and I wanted to do it on a full-time basis. So I began to see the writing on the wall the last couple months and um, of that season. So what I started doing, just as some tangible advice to others that are thinking about getting in the game, was I, I ended up, um, while I was still in the Philippines, I started reading at the coffee shop, reading books. I was like, you know, the, the training part I got down, that's easy. I need to improve on my business skills. I need to build a website. I need to figure out how to business management. I need to figure out how am I going to deal with the accounting part? How am I going to market? You know, what's the best thing to do? I had to figure out how to become a businessman, not a basketball player or trainer. And so that's what I really dedicated my time to doing for hours, hours and hours each day. Even while I was still playing, I was trying to set up my next move. And I did that for the last six months that I was overseas so that when I came back home, I'll never forget. I flew back home to Louisville. And uh, at that point, I had zero clients, zero gyms. I started from absolute scratch, nothing, you know, and by God's grace, we're in multiple cities now. Uh, have over 500 players in our basketball leagues, academy, I privately trained one-on-one over 150 players. And, uh, you know, our staff has now grown to uh, 10 guys, you know, six of them are full-time. And that happened in, in a little over three, four years, and now we're five years in. But, you know, man, that's just the grace of God that it all kind of came together right there, and that's how I know God's hand was on it. But that's really what I did was try to improve at the business side as I flew back. Now, when I flew back, that's the summer of 2015, I hit the ground running. While I was overseas, I was already networking. I was contacting every coach 
that I could find, anyone with the gym, AAU coaches, any of my old coaches that are connected in the basketball world here in the Louisville area, just so I could set up training. You know, I was offering to do all of this stuff for free. I just really was trying to prove myself, get my name out there, maybe try to pick up some one-on-one clientele. But that's really how I got started was uh, by doing that. And and I felt deep within my heart that it was time to transition. Now, I definitely wrestled. I went back and forth constantly for maybe a couple years, honestly, until about 2017. So from two. So I struggled for that period of time, 2015, 2017. Should I go back overseas? And I actually had a couple offers. But again, I felt like in my heart, I was a better skills trainer, better skills development coach than I was a player. And uh, I love to teach. You know, I just love to be in the gym. I say it all the time to to the guys that that are around me. I... I feel closest to God when I'm when I'm in the gym, when I'm between the lines. It's a sacred place for me, and that's because I feel like I'm doing what God's called me to do whenever I do that. So that was the, the reason why I transitioned out of it and really went all in on skills development. And again, my story obviously is going to be different than others, but you know, the things I always say to kind of really focus on and look at is, do you have a gift to teach? Would you do it for free? You know, is basketball and training and investing in players and trying to make an impact through the game, is that an outlet for you? Does that bring you joy and energize you in your life? You know, that's something you run to as an outlet and that you would do it for free just because you love it. If if that's the case, man, I think you're in it for the right reasons, you know, because I do see people that are in it for the clout people that are in it for the money or people are in it to make a name for themselves because they never made a name for themselves as a player i see that actually quite often and um and i just don't think you can sustain it because at the end of the day it's really not about us i mean if you're a trainer it's about not how great you can become but really um you know how great you can make those people that god brings across your path for the time being that you actually get to invest in them and train with them or coach them, whatever it may be. So those are certain things that I think if you can get that down, you got a shot at it because there's so much information and resources out there to improve as a skills development coaches. There's so many drills out there. You can just look up on whatever, YouTube, Instagram, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, man. You know, that's the reason why I try to post as much as I do. I give it away for free. I don't care about people stealing my stuff because my mentality is uh, I learned from someone else. You know, I, I, I took things from other people. I might have put my twist on it, but some stuff I just literally took exactly what they did because it was great. And I recognize that. And I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel necessarily like a lot of trainers are nowadays trying to reinvent the wheel like they're the smartest guy in the room i just took what i knew worked and um you know at the end of the day if someone steals a drill or they copy or 
man, if you got the if you got the sauce, if you got the juice, you got the gift to teach and, and God's hand is on your work. They, they can't replicate that. They can't replicate that environment. They can't replicate your, your gift to teach. You know, the gifts are for other people, uh, not just for yourself. So that's just the way I view it. Hopefully that story encourages someone else that's kind of going through it right now because we all go through our ups and downs. You know, I'm, I'm beyond blessed and thankful I can do it full time now. But whew, if 2020 hasn't taught you anything, man, I don't know what what to tell you because it's it's been very tough. A lot of different struggles and challenges, but uh, I'm, th- I'm actually really thankful because I learned so much in this past year and uh growing forward so anyway i'm gonna end the podcast i got my little man he is reminding me it's time to get going he's with me my son so god bless you guys take care